You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the place we affectionately call Pete North, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G. Thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. Coming up on this episode of Locked On Thunder, I'm going to tell you why the Thunder are not dead yet and why they can still make a run in the playoffs and why you have to look no farther than their two losses to both Denver and Dallas, yes, even Dallas without Luka Doncic, as to why the Thunder could still make some noise in the playoffs and why they still might be a very dangerous first-round team to deal with. And if it's not me that you want to believe because you think I'm just blowing sunshine up your skirt, then we'll let you hear from Rick Carlisle, head coach of the Dallas Mavericks, and he'll explain why he thinks Oklahoma City is going to be a tough first-round opponent in the playoffs. Also coming up in the first round, we'll discuss sitting Paul George for the rest of the season. Only five games left, and it looks like the Thunder are going to have to settle for the eighth seed. So is it worth it to have Paul George out there with a shoulder that he says isn't hurt, but based on his shooting performances against Indiana and Dallas, that might tell us a different story. We'll hear from Paul George about the shoulder. We'll also hear from um, head coach Billy Donovan today. He's not really worried about the way this team is playing. He was asked about the, the fall off the cliff ever since the All-Star break over the last seven weeks. And is this something that he feels alarmed by as he's trying to prepare this team for a possible run to the Western Conference Finals. So we'll hear from Billy Donovan, and we'll discuss whether or not Billy Donovan's telling us the truth. And I won't say Russell Westbrook right now is on a thin line with Thunder fans, but I do believe he's starting to get dangerously close to a thin line with Thunder fans. And why that is, and what Russ can do to to make sure that he stays off that line, But I will tell you now that I do believe that there are Thunder fans out there, even though we know this wouldn't happen, this complete fantasy world, but I'm just going to throw out this scenario, that there are, I do believe there are Thunder fans who if the Knicks were stupid enough to give up the number one pick, let's just say hypothetically the Knicks got the number one pick and the Thunder could trade Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams for that number one pick, I think there's a lot of Thunder fans. I think the majority of Thunder fans would jump on that. I might be wrong. But that's at least my opinion at the moment. My name is Eric G. If you don't know who I am, I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I also work for News Radio 1000 KTOK, and I host a website for the Maven Network called Thunder Maven, and you can find that at basketballmaven.io slash thunder. Also, when you're listening to this podcast, make sure you listen in your car because if you like it, if you like Locked on Thunder in your house, you'll love it in your car. And all you have to do is ask your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast and do so by downloading the brand new Himalaya app, which will give you access to all the Locked on podcasts. You can also find it at Google and at Apple Podcasts as well. I have been sent by the basketball gods to tell you today that the rumors of the Thunder's demise are greatly exaggerated and this team has a true opportunity to make a run in the playoffs. It can be done. I said it can. Now, can is different than will, but you don't have to look any further than the last two games that Oklahoma City has played to have a little hope 
if you're a fan. Now, what, why would I say that, especially when they just lost to the Dallas Mavericks without Luka Doncic? What on earth could I possibly be doing other than pumping sunshine up your skirt? Okay, what I have seen in the last two games from Oklahoma City is a team that has played some very solid and at times tenacious defense. What the Thunder did last night against the Mavericks after giving them some open looks in the first quarter, which Billy Donovan called his teams out on, um, Thunder, well, by the way, the Mavericks, great job of moving the ball around even the Denver Nuggets and getting some open looks. But in the second half, the Thunder did a great job of helping recover defense, forcing the Mavericks and the Nuggets on Friday to make some very contested shots. And whether it's Courtney Lee, who's going to make a contested shot early in the third quarter from 23 foot out and nail a three, or whether it's Will Barton from 26 feet out, who's going to nail a three late in the fourth quarter. What you really are honestly striving as or striving for as a coach is to get a hand in someone's face, force someone into a tough situation. And if they make a shot, the unfortunate part of it is, is you just have to shrug your shoulders and go on. The bad thing for Oklahoma City is a lot of times, and what we saw in both, more so in the Denver game than I think the Dallas game, is that when the Nuggets were making some of those contested threes or those contested in outside the paint twos, is that the Thunder tried to make up for it themselves by not having as good a ball move, but by not attacking the paint and by settling for threes when they weren't having a very good night shooting from three. And we all know that the Thunder aren't a very good shoot uh, three-point shooting team. So defensively, I thought the Thunder played really well. The other thing that I love about the Thunder going into the playoffs, if I'm a Thunder fan, is that all the moaning and groaning about the way that the Thunder are officiated, mainly from the Thunder themselves and Michael Cage, changes in the playoffs. You will see referees have a tendency to let guys play and, and let teams be physical, which certainly helps the Thunder play a very physical style of defense. Then the only th then the only thing that the Thunder really have to worry about is not getting some late reach-in fouls and not fouling guys from beyond the arc. They're free to kind of put their hands on, hand-check guys, use those elbows a little bit more, shove guys out of the paint, try and back guys off the three-point line. That starts to open things up for them defensively, and they can really start bogging some teams down, especially a team like Golden State, which it looks like that they're going to play in the first round of the playoffs. So I'm feeling pretty good, at least about the way the Thunder are playing defense. Now, offensively, against the Mavericks, Oklahoma City was horrific last night. I don't think that there's any other way to put it. Um, shooting just 40% from the field. Actually, not even that. 39% from the field, but against the Nuggets... They were almost 50% from the field. Bad thing, because it almost seems like with every good that there's a bad that we talk about with Oklahoma City. The bad thing is, is the majority of that is still coming from the starters. And Dennis Schroeder hasn't had uh, you know, very particular good scoring nights over the last couple of games. But I got a feeling that Dennis Schroeder's just going through a rough patch. He'll get going again. It would be ideal if somebody else would step up off the bench. But it does tell me that the Thunder can still shoot well from the field and at least their starters can match the other starters. And sometimes that's all you need, especially if Billy Donovan's going to be committed to making sure that one of his starters stays on the floor throughout the full 48 minutes of the game. You're at least going to have one person on the court 
that can put the ball in the bucket unless that guy's name is Ter- unless that guy's name is Ferguson. Um, he's about the only guy who's not scoring right now. And if you don't want to believe me, if you think that, man, I'm just painting you such a picture of roses and rainbows, and this isn't the way it's going to be, then fine, don't trust me. You don't have to. But at least trust Rick Carlisle. You know, it's, it's not a matter of turning it on. It's a matter of staying the course, um, understanding that, you know, everything is so, uh, so close in the Western Conference that it's these series, you know, however they shake out, or, you know, they're going to come down to a bounce of the ball here or there. And so you've just got to gotta stick with, with what you're doing, what you believe in, um, you know, work to keep guys as healthy as possible. Um, and then, you know, if Oklahoma City is the eighth seed, <laughs> you know, you're number one, I'll tell you what, I mean, that's a beast of a first-round series, a, a beast, because of how good these guys are, how well-coached they are, and really, you know, the way they rebound the ball in a playoff series, seven games, you know, they're going to be extremely difficult to play. But. And I don't think Rick Carlisle was setting the Thunder up to, to, to knock them down yesterday in the game. I honestly don't think Rick, Rick Carlisle for the last three years has known what he is going to get out of his team. But he certainly has a lot of respect for Oklahoma City and the organization and, and the guys that play here. So I don't think he would just say that out of out of callousness. Now, going back to Paul George, against Denver, good shooting night, against Indiana, and against the Mavericks, not such a good shooting night. And I asked Paul George about his shoulder last night. Here's what he had to say. What's the shoulder feeling last night? Shoulder's good. Shoulder's good. Um, it's, it's getting better again. It'll be fine as long as there's no, you know, big hit or, you know, pull and grab. Uh, otherwise, it's, it's going to hold up. It's going to be fine. This is the second time in three days that Paul George has given the same answer about his shoulder. Or at least he, he's given that a couple of times. But I'm not buying it. Um, when you are not shooting at your regular clip and haven't been for a while, then something's obviously wrong. And the Thunder have got themselves into a point now where it doesn't look like they're going to be able to break out of that eight seed. Both the Clippers and the Spurs hold tiebreakers over the Oklahoma City Thunder. It feels like they're locked into eight, and it's just a matter of Denver or Golden State deciding who they're going to play in the first round. So if you want to go back to having that hope for Oklahoma City in the first round, then I would rest Paul George for the rest of the season, which is just five games, and get him as close to 100% as possible for the matchups with Denver and with Golden State because God knows you're going to need him. And when we talk about defense, and look, first and foremost, it should be pointed out, and I should have mentioned this at the beginning, Thunder are the 12th best defensive team in the entire NBA. That's why I believe that they can win, and I believe in the playoffs. I really do believe their physical style of play sets them up for the playoffs. Unfortunately, they're kind of old school where you're playing inside out, more outside in than as far as the way today's game goes. And I really would love it if Steven Adams was more of an enforcer in that style of offense. But however, this being the NBA and this not being the day and age of Kurt Rambis and Kevin McHale, those type of fouls that you could get away with in the 80s are now considered flagrant ones and flagrant twos. So that will hamper the Thunder some but they could still ultimately be physical. Now, 
back to Paul George, respectively, the teams you're going to play are Denver and Golden State. They are three and four defensively in the NBA. I think Golden State's three, Denver's four. So you're going to need all the scoring you can get. And if I can get a 95%, a 93% Paul George, that's better than an 89% Paul George, which may be where he's at now. It's hard to really gauge because... You have nights against Indiana and Dallas where you struggle, but then you have a night against Denver where it looks like things are going to be okay. But I think you're just at a point now where you've got to play it safe if you're Oklahoma City and get this guy on the sidelines for a few games. Let him get that thing iced down. If there's any swelling, get that taken down and then come back and work it in the playoffs. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Is Billy Donovan being truthful with us? When he says he's not worried about the way that his team's been playing, we'll talk about that next. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for listening on the Himalaya app. All you have to do is download that app to your smartphone, and then when you download it to your smartphone, get in your car, tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast, and on Himalaya, when you do that, it'll curate other playlists for you and give you access to other shows, uh, most likely shows on the Locked on Podcast Network, and be sure to subscribe to the Locked on Thunder podcast on either Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. Billy Donovan's lying to us when he says he's not really worried about the way his team's playing, or when he says that he doesn't look at the last seven weeks of this season and see it as a disaster, because there's no way that he couldn't. What Billy Donovan inherently understands is that he's got a volatile locker room on his hands and a volatile locker room led by Russell Westbrook, where if you come out and you're critical of this team and you're critical of its star player, and Russell Westbrook's probably a guy that doesn't ever buy in 100% to any coach, but if you can get it for 95%, You're in a really good situation. So you need Russ bought in for that 95% because in that 95%, Russ will most likely go do what you ask him to on the court. But you lose him. You get him 10% less than that, 5% less than that. You criticize a player that Russ may like and be protective of. Say a guy like Jeremy Grant or Terrence Ferguson. Um, Even if you don't think they're having particularly good games and you want to put somebody else in, You can't criticize them. You have to come out and say that you did it because you thought that they gave you a better chance to win. Billy has to be diplomatic. But there is no way you can look at the decline in offense over the last seven weeks. There is no way you can look at going from the third spot to the eighth spot over the last seven weeks and not have some major concerns about where your team is mentally, and not just mentally, where all the scoring is going to come from in the playoffs if, in fact, your defense is getting called tight and you have to get into scoring and you have to get into shootouts with the Golden State Warriors. Just any coach, any normal human, if their job depended on it, would stay up late at night and, and worry about all these things. But when Billy Donovan was asked about this team's car rolling off the cliff over the last seven weeks, here's what he had to say. Go ahead, Barry. Yeah, Billy, this is seven weeks of not playing well. How, what's your emotions and thoughts on 
what the heck's going on and, and why the season has sort of tumbled off the cliff? Um, yeah, I guess I don't look at it that way. I mean, I look at it as, you know, it's, 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 for me, it's, it's the next game, one game, you know, tomorrow, what we got to do to get better. Um, you know, we, we, we probably, I think there's a lot of things uh, that, that go into that, you know, in, in my opinion. I think one of the things is, is, you know, offensively, I think, we haven't played, you know, we went through a period there, I think, before the All-Star break that we were playing at an incredible level offensively. And I think so much of, you know, offensive rating and things like that is based on making shots. And I've always believed you try to generate good shots, you know, from guys that can make shots in certain areas of the floor. And I think our guys have been have done a good job playing together and moving the basketball. And you know, at times we haven't shot the ball maybe at the level of the rate that we did. You know, during that period, I think that's a factor in. And um, you know, defensively, I think the three things for us are you know we defensive rebound real well, and we keep teams off the free throw line, and we defend the three. I mean, those things are, are really really important for us. So um, you know, again, I I think. I think we can be better, you know, offensively in terms of um, scoring plays, you know, in areas of the floor, whether it's at the rim, in the mid-range, three-point line, free-throw line. I, I think we can be better than what we've been. So, to me, I'm very optimistic about it because I know that the ball going in or out of the basket, um, that's one thing you can't control. But I think these guys have worked hard. They've, they've battled. They've fought. Uh, you know, we just have not been great offensively. Um, or at least level offensively, uh, as we were maybe going into the All-Star break. Part of that is Billy Donovan trying to keep his team calm while, uh, while all this is going on. Billy Donovan is really trying to keep his team calm, trying to make sure that they stay confident as he and his coaching staff try and figure out the, the right combinations to get on the floor, the game plan and the scouting plan every week. But I will say that when you're in the NBA and you've got two guys that have been in the league as long as Paul George and as long as Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams at this point, despite the fact that the guy's not even in his late 20s, is pretty much a grizzled veteran, then there's really nothing a coach can say that's going to make you feel any better or any worse about this situation because you're grown up and you're trying to figure it out all on your own. You're... I mean, every once in a while, I mean, if you're like me, you like to hear that things are going well. But most professional athletes, they know how to see through the BS. And whatever Billy Donovan is spewing out there, they're not paying attention to one way or the other because it's all on them to try and figure it out. And whether or not they can figure it out is the multi-million dollar question at this point. And I gave you reasons why they could and why they could not in that last segment. But here's what I will say about Billy Donovan. The great thing about him going into the playoffs is that for the most part, he seems like a calming force. And and the Thunder have sort of hit this really weird stage with this organization where I don't think you could have a kick-ass coach come in, get in your face type, call players out of the media type, and be successful. You can do that with a young team. You can bring Tom Thibodeau in or Thibodeau in, and with a young team, he can actually do that and get away with it. With an older team like the Oklahoma City Thunder, you can't do that. 
because Paul George and Russell Westbrook aren't going to respond to that. I don't know if Russell Westbrook probably responded to that early in his career, but most likely Russell Westbrook responded to that more from his peers than he ever did any coach that he ever played for. It is his peers that he listens to. And unfortunately for Russ, what peers on this team do you have to be that sounding board? Paul George, yes. Paul George can kind of be it, but are you going to go to Steven Adams? Are you going to go to Jeremy Grant? No, because you're the guy that everybody comes to. So what are you going to do? You're going to have to pick up the phone if you're Russ, and you're going to have to call other people around the league or guys that are retired now and run things by them. And I would say that Paul George is probably in that situation as well. Um, looking at the locker room last night, and it's something I've, I've been trying to do every, every game is read this locker room and see if I can figure out where they are. Against Denver, they didn't look particularly dejected at all. And Russell Westbrook and Billy Donovan were both echoing the sentiments that what happens in the regular season bears no effect on the playoffs. And that's the way the locker room was acting. Not a lot of high fives or joking around, but I didn't see any long faces. Everybody seemed to be pretty okay with the way they played. They just didn't feel like they got the breaks. Last night against Dallas, you lose to an undermanned Dallas team that you were a 12-point favorite to. And now the reality starts to sit in that after losing that game that you are most likely going to have to play Golden State or Denver, who you're 0-4 against, in the first round of the playoffs. That's the reality. You could see that reality set in on this team last night. And it was evident by the way Russell blew off a couple of questions, which we'll talk about in the next segment. It was evident by the way Paul George was stretched out. Granted, his shoulder probably hurt. Uh, sitting in his chair, but he looked dejected last night. Nerlens Noel, everybody on that team looked the way that you would expect a losing team to look. And you probably would have expected them to look that way on Friday, but they didn't. And most likely they were thinking Friday, you know what, we're still going to make the playoffs. We'll come back. We'll get Dallas on Saturday. Now when that didn't happen, you what I saw last night just on the faces of Nerlens Noel, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook is a team that is continuing to look for answers to find out who they are and trying to find out in a hurry. And unfortunately, the only people that have the answers are them, and they may not even have the answers. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, we'll close things out, and I'll tell you why. Russell Westbrook is not on a thin line yet with fans, but he's getting terribly close. Don't forget to listen to this this, uh, podcast on the Himalaya app. All you have to do is download it to your phone. Uh, That is the Himalaya app. Uh, Find it at the uh, Google Play Store. Find that at uh, the Apple Store as well. And then when you get into your car, um, tell your car to play the Locked on Thunder podcast and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Google Podcast. Thank you again for listening to the Locked On Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for listening on the Himalaya app. Russell Westbrook is walking a dangerously thin line with fans. Okay, well, maybe not yet. But a year from now, if the Oklahoma City Thunder are in the exact same position that they are this season, then the fans are going to be sick and tired of Russell Westbrook's annex, both on the court and off. Whether it's putting up ill-timed threes, 
Um, although I'll give him a break on last night's last second. I'll give him a break on last night's last second shot. Somebody needed to make a desperation shot. Russell Westbrook did. Uh, fine with that. Um, n- not so much fine with Dennis Schroeder and Paul George. I mean, I guess those were open looks that Dennis Schroeder and Paul George had in the last few seconds of the game after Russell Westbrook's drive. But I would have liked to have seen one of them, uh, most likely Schroeder, put it on the floor, take it to the hole, and I guess try and get fouled, Um, which is another reason. Let's go back to to segment number one real quick. I'm going to get off on a tangent here real quick, but I will say, if you're looking for reasons that the Thunder won't win in the playoffs, free throw shooting is a major problem because no team is going to be afraid to foul the Thunder because in a sense, it's a two-for-one you foul the Thunder other than Paul George. You got a feeling that that whoever you put on the line is going to miss at least one of those free throws. And if you foul them from beyond the arc, then they still may miss one. They may even miss two. So that may be one of the reasons why they don't move forward in the playoffs. We're going to lose a few games in the playoffs. Okay, so now back to Russell Westbrook. People can live with Russell Westbrook now because he has favored son status. He's still the guy that stayed here when Kevin Durant didn't. He signed the Supermax. But put the Thunder in a situation where they're not winning. They're not advancing in the playoffs. And people are eventually going to get sick of it. And they're going to be okay trading Russell Westbrook. I guarantee you in bars around Oklahoma City now, there are people trying to figure out ways to get the Knicks or to get any of these other teams that may end up with the first three picks to take Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams off the Thunder's hand and then get that high draft pick and get a guy like Zion Williamson in the Oklahoma City Thunder organization and then build around him. I guarantee you that that's going on. Because the longer the Thunder don't make runs in the playoffs, the the closer they don't come to winning a championship, the more irritated fans become. And right now, fans don't give a damn about Russ's annex. Right now, they're okay with Russ uh, blowing off Barry Trammell, which he did last night, which I found to be very disrespectful. I still find it to be very disrespectful. Barry Trammell, um, incredibly nice guy. Uh, one One of, if not the most respected sports writers in the state of Oklahoma. And you can't even muster up a curt, short answer, one-word answer to to give to Barry Trammell other than next question, and you had to stop and tie your shoes and and ask Matt Tumbleson to intervene. That's classless on Russ's part, okay? Russ was acting classless at that moment. And when you lose the way the Thunder are losing, that starts to be a bad look for Russell Westbrook. But fans are okay with it now because fans like a little dust-up between the media and their players, and they love to make the media the bad guy. And I'm look, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with being in that role. If I didn't, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. But you put Russell Westbrook on a team that's not achieving what the fans think they should achieve, and then all of a sudden that starts to change. You start to you start to hear the finger pointing, and you the fans will start to echo some of the things that the media have been talking about over the last few years. And that's what Russell Westbrook has to watch out for. Now, he's not on that line yet. And it's not very hard to get back in the fans' good graces either because all you got to do is get past that first round of the playoffs and then boom, everything's hey back to normal, especially if you're an eight seed and you end up knocking out Kevin Durant and, and the Golden State Warriors. That buys you another year of grace. Now, as far as trading Russell Westbrook and is that a reality, going back to the contract, he's still got three years plus a player option. 
Um, it's hard for me right now to see Russ not exercising that player option, but you never know what's going to happen in a three-year span. Maybe he gets tired of playing in Oklahoma City or the Thunder are tired, of, are tired of him or they come to a mutual agreement or maybe there's a trade. I mean, I don't want to look that far out into the future, but right now I just have a hard time seeing him leaving as much money as on that contract just sitting on the table. And that last year, um, his base salary is $47 million. Yeah, can't see him leaving that on the table. Don't see the Thunder necessarily wanting to play it, but I know what I'm doing. I'm taking that money. Then again, there's the whole wave insurance. Okay, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. But I will just say this to Russell Westbrook. It wouldn't hurt to be a little diplomatic. And I've said this all along. And um, what you have to do if you're Rush, you've got to remember that with fans, they love you as long as you're giving them results. And the minute you don't give them results, that's when they turn. I think Russ does understand that, and I think that's why he's so prickly with us. Uh, sometimes in the media scrums, which he gets it. I mean, we're going to be critical of him. He's not going to like talking to us, and that's fine. But when you lose the fans, that's when you've got no chance. You can lose the media all you want, especially when you win. But when you lose the fans, it's over. And if you didn't get to hear Russ from last night... I'm going to go ahead and play it and let you kind of make up your mind on how you think Russ should have handled this or how you think Russ did handle this. How do you explain the last seven weeks? Seven and 15, I think you are. Matt, what you want to do? Next question. Yeah, and I get the feeling that, you know, you may be okay with that. And I'm, look, man, look, I take no offense. Um, I had a guy call me a clown the other day because he didn't like my stance on Russell Westbrook. All that stuff's, you know, fine and, fine and well with me. Um, I just think that the Thunder are in a very precarious situation because for two straight years, you've underachieved. One year, you had a super team, sort of, with Carmelo Anthony. And this year, what you had is stability. And you seem to, you know, the bench seemed to be better. There were times, there were sparks, you know, flashes of, of brilliance that just aren't there anymore now. And I think fans are starting to get irritated because ultimately this fan base has been close enough to the promised land that they want to see it delivered. And what I think is going to happen with the fans is first you start, first you get irritated with the media when they get, when they're critical of them. Then it's, you get irritated with the front office and then it's the players. So it all kind of runs. There's, there, there are certain steps to it, but, um, you know, hopefully everything that I've said, and that's what, that's the stages that he usually goes through. And, you know, after the end of this year, people are going to be mad. They're irritated with the media right now. At the end of this year, if the Thunder underachieve, it's going to be Billy Donovan and Sam Presti that they're irritated with. Next year, it'll start being the players, and it'll start with Russell Westbrook. But hopefully everything that I'm saying right now is nothing more than a moot point when we're talking about the Thunder, not only here in a couple of weeks, but this time next year. That wraps up the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll be back tomorrow. Hey, Lakers will be in town tomorrow. We'll definitely have some good stuff to talk about there. It's all on the Locked on Thunder podcast until tomorrow. May God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. Peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.